0: Who has the most Oscar nominations for acting? And
1: what is the most famous Super Bowl TV ad of all time? Ah. Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob... ...and Marsha... ...Smith... To the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life with fascinating facts and tantalizing trivia. Well, Marsha, let's see. Who's got more Oscar nominations than anyone else? Anyone. Anyone. 21. Is this a person who's still alive? Yes. Is it? Yes. Think. The woman who was Sophie's choice. That's it? I can't Can't remember. Can't think of it. (laughs) (laughs) What is her name? Oh,
0: it rhymes with Beryl. (laughs) Beryl. Meryl Streep. (laughs) Oh, yes. Meryl Streep. Rhymes with Beryl, Bob? I never thought
1: of Beryl. Meryl Streep has more acting nominations for Best Actor than anyone else. Yes.
0: She's had 21 nominations and three wins. And she blows everyone else out of the water with the number of nominations she's had. Katherine Hepburn took home four yes. acting Oscars, but over her lifetime, she only had 12 nominations. So that's the second highest is 12, and she had 21.
1: So Katherine Hepburn had more Oscars for yes, Best Actor. She had four. I knew yeah. that. And Meryl Streep has had more nominations. Than
0: anybody by far.
1: But she's already had three Best Actor. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Isn't that sad? She is phenomenal. You she and I is. both admire her yeah. tremendously. Everything
1: I, she's in has been good.
0: Yeah. She. What is that? We were just, uh, Murders in the Building. She was hilarious. We were just watching her in that.
1: That's the uh, TV series, yeah. right? She's yeah. great in that. Yeah. All right, Marcia, What is the most famous Super Bowl TV spot of all time? Now, it was voted this numerous times by numerous organizations.
0: Well, the one that comes to mind, my mind, <laughs> is. That Apple commercial, with the woman with the big...
1: Sledgehammer. Thing. Yeah, yes. run,
0: running down the aisle. Was that it?
1: That's it. 1984. It was called 1984, and it ran in 1984. Is that right? It ran just after halftime of Super Bowl 18 on January 22nd, 1984, and it announced the Macintosh computer. And you're right. It was loosely based on George Orwell's novel. Oh,
0: 1984.
1: Right. A dystopian future ruled by a televised dictator. Yeah. I didn't big get, brother.
0: I didn't get it right away.
1: Well, you're not the only one. Uh, It was unlike any other spot in Super Bowl history, because why? They didn't show the product. Yeah, Yeah. They never showed the product. In the spot, a huge room of people are watching a dictator rant on a giant TV screen, and suddenly a woman chased by authorities enters. She runs to the front of the room, hurls a huge sledgehammer at the screen, exploding it. Then an announcer says, On January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. <laughs> Isn't that great? But nobody knew what it was.
0: That's very, yeah, it's certainly. Caught everybody's imaginations. So, but the point of the commercial was
1: it's going to free people for information.
0: Yeah, and she by smashing that, smashing all the old rules, isn't that the symbolism there?
1: The dictator and all that. Yeah, like I
0: said, I had to think about it for a while.
1: (laughs) Well, a lot of people did, and we'll get into that a little later. I got some more fun stuff on that. Okay,
0: just going back to Oscars for a moment. Who holds the record in best acting category for the most Oscar nominations without any win? Oh, without any win. (laughs) Yeah, and we have a tie, male and female, Best Actress and Best Actor. It's a tie. Okay, okay. They both had eight nominations without any
1: trophy. wow. I don't know who these people are. Okay,
0: it's Peter O'Toole and Glenn Close.
1: Wow, those are both good actors. Yeah,
0: eight nominations. And uh, coming in second is Richard Burton at seven, and six was Thelma Ritter. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even know she was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she. I didn't, That's interesting. I, I
0: used to see her when I was a kid on game shows or stuff. Uh-huh. Right, Deborah Carr and Amy Adams. Today's Amy Adams. Wow. And she's has, very good. She has had six nominations and no wins yet. Yeah, we like her. She's a good actress.
1: Back to Richard Burton. Uh, that still puzzles me because he was a very good actor. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm surprised he never won one. It yeah. must have been a political thing. Could have been. Yeah. All right, Marcia, back to this uh, Apple TV 1984 commercial. Mm-hmm. That ad is famous for only running on television how many times? Once. That's wrong. <laughs> That's what people believe. You
0: got my hopes up there. It
1: actually ran first in 1983. It what? ran on December thirty-first in Twin Falls, Idaho, <laughs> at, That's the last, the testing at the last possible break before midnight on KMVT. Now, why would they run it in Twin Falls, which at the time was a town of a hundred thirty-eight thousand people?
0: Well, was there some kind of rule you couldn't run a Super Bowl ad unless it's been seen somewhere before?
1: No, but there was a rule like that for advertising contests. It had to run somewhere in, in the, year the year prior, before, right? Yeah. So that was the reason. Chiat Day, the advertising agency, ran it in oh. Twin Falls, Idaho, just before midnight on the end of 1983. So the advertising would qualify for the Clio Awards oh. next year. And did it win? Oh, it sure did. It also won at the Cannes Film Festival. And then in 1995, Advertising Age and TV Guide both named it the greatest commercial of all time. Wow! And in 2007, it was named best Super Bowl spot for the first 40 years of the Super Bowl.
0: Wow, that's pretty high uh, praise.
1: Now, one question here I'm going to ask you. Did Stephen Jobs, head of Apple Computer, did he want to run the spot on the Super Bowl?
0: Well, you wouldn't ask me if
1: he did, so I'll say no. No, he didn't. (laughs) And you know why he didn't? No, why? Because even though there had been 17 of them, he didn't even know what a Super Bowl was. Oh, come on. Really? According to a New York Times article, Jobs said, I want something that'll stop the world in its tracks. And Chiat Day Advertising told him, well, there's only one place that can do that, and that is the Super Bowl. And Steve Jobs, the world's biggest computer nerd, asked... What's, What's the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? That's funny. <laughs> and their their media guy had to say, well, it's a huge football game. It attracts one of the largest audiences of the year. And Stephen Jobs persisted. I've never seen a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't think I know anybody who's seen a Super Bowl. <laughs> He might have been right, but they ran the spot there.
0: Uh, That's funny. Isn't that funny? I didn't know that. I wonder if he watched it that year.
1: Oh, I'm sure he did.
0: He probably saw the price tag and said, this damn well better be a good audience. $7 million
1: (laughs) that year. Yeah. It's much more than that today.
0: All right. What Mexican celebration is celebrated with face paintings, sugar skulls, and marigolds?
1: Oh, my birthday. Every year they <laughs> do that down there. and <laughs> I don't know. You don't? What, it's not the Cinco de Mayo, is it? No. It's uh, the Day of the Dead? That's it. Day of the Dead.
0: That's it. El Día de los Muertos. Ah, Day of the Dead. Day
1: of the Dead. It's a
0: two-day celebration that reunites the living with the dead while families create offerings to honor their departed family.
1: And they did, remember, there was a Disney animated film, and it was about, yeah. Then it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, Coco.
1: Yes, that's what it was, yes. Coco. It was really a good film. It was very interesting and fun.
0: It was. That's how I learned a lot about it, actually. Okay, Bob, which, which of these islands are not part of the Polynesian Triangle? Mm. Hawaii, New Guinea, New Zealand, or Easter Island?
1: Easter Island is not part of that. What is it? The, the Polynesian
0: Triangle.
1: It's not wrong. Oh, it is. It yep. is part of the Polynesian yes. Triangle. Okay. Hawaii is not wrong. Oh, okay. New Guinea is not.
0: That's correct. Okay, I know I get it. <laughs> Very, <laughs> only one you left out was New Zealand.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, New Zealand. That's interesting because you know the others, like Hawaii, is actually closer to those other two. Yeah, And yeah. Easter Island. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have guessed New Guinea either. Easter Island's much closer to the coast of. I'd have South to, America. I'd have to look at a map. Okay, back to Super Bowl ads. Let's go back to that famous one. I got a few more fun things. All right, what was unusual about the actress who hurled the sledgehammer in the ah. spot?
0: She was pretty muscular, I remember that.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of it. (laughs) She was chosen for her athletic skills as well as acting. She did well. Yeah, an audition went out for female actors who could throw a discus. That's what they asked for. Okay. But they actually wanted somebody who could run up to a huge screen and spin in a circle and throw a sledgehammer. And the auditions took place in Hyde Park, London. Most of the female actresses had problems, though, Yeah. With this hammer. It's heavy. One of them threw the hammer so far, it almost struck a passerby person. Oh, my word. She won the audition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's the one,
1: huh? Because she handled the hammer convincingly, and her name was Anya Raja. She was an 18-year-old actress who had also been an athlete. Kidding. She'd been a javelin thrower in school, oh. so she thought, well, I can do that. And eventually the producers decided throwing a real hammer wasn't going to be wise, so they ended up making a paper mache one.
0: Oh, so she oh She goes,
1: It doesn't look like paper mache, so it worked out okay. She's fifty eight years old now. Wow. And she was eighteen then and there was a Nice article on this in the New York Times recently, and they interviewed uh, some of the people, the copywriter, another person from Chayette Day, uh, Ridley Scott, who directed it, and this woman okay. who starred in it. Yeah. Okay, now the shouting dictator on the screen, did he ever say anything of consequence? What was he saying? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. But it turns out he was speaking like an authentic dictator. The copywriter, Steve Hayden, said the dictator speech didn't exist in the original script. Director Ridley Scott called him a couple days before they shot, and he said uh, it'd be very useful if you could write 30 or 60 seconds worth of copy. So Hayden and his brother, who was visiting from China and who was a law professor in China.
0: Oh, he had a lot of good phrases then, I'm they sure. They
1: collaborated. So they wrote the script. The script has snippets of quotes from Mussolini, Mao Zedong, the People's Daily, and... Adolf Hitler, and Josef Goebbels, who is Hitler's Ministry of Propaganda. Oh,
0: geez, Louise. So
1: if you listen carefully, you can hear the phrases, Today we celebrate the first glorious anniversary of the information purification, (laughs) a garden of pure ideology secure from the pests of contradictory... Something Uh you can't understand what Uh they say. We are one people. We are one will, one resolve, one cause. Our enemies will talk themselves to death, and we will bury them with their own confusion. And we shall prevail. Oh. Wow. And that's when the hammer hits the screen. Oh, wow. So all those things were taken from from actual dictators' yeah. speeches. Mussolini, yeah. Hitler, and Mao Tse
0: We will be one this and we'll be one that. What they're not making clear is the one is them. <laughs> they are the one. That's right. It's just one yeah. person. It's not us. It it's is a dictator. Yeah. yeah. It's me. Keep that in mind. Okay. Victoria Falls borders which of these two African countries? Zimbabwe and South Africa, Zambia and Tanzania, Zambia and Zimbabwe, or Rwanda and Burundi?
1: I think it's Zambia and Tanzania.
0: Hmm.
1: No. Or Zambia and Zimbabwe. Very good. Okay, I knew it was one of those two. Did you? Yeah. yeah
0: it, have you ever seen? Uh, I've
1: seen beautiful pictures of our that.
0: Victoria Falls?
1: It's one of those places I'd love to visit, but I know it's hard to get there. Most of those shots of that are taken from airplanes. Yeah. It's
0: breathtaking. Yeah. Yeah. No, Gorgeous. I've, well, maybe we'll go there later. <laughs> okay, Bob. Okay. Do you sweat, Bob, more or less as you get older?
1: I think you sweat more when you're younger. Am I wrong?
0: No. You are right, isn't it nice to be right? Yes. (laughs) As we age, our skin loses collagen, gets thinner and presses our sweat glands close to the surface of the skin. Mm. That process is a bit of a double-edged sword. On one hand, because those glands are squeezed, it's harder to sweat, period, to come out of the pores, Okay. Uh, meaning older people sweat less overall. This may be a check mark in the pro column for personal hygiene, but it does come with a few negative side <laughs> effects. Uh, With a reduced ability to sweat older people and have trouble regulating their temperature Uh during strenuous exercise or excessive heat, you know, you get hot and cold and sweat plays an important role in healing too. It helps uh, stimulate wound closure and skin Oh, I skin never thought cells. about
1: that. So yeah. sweat actually helps you heal better. Yeah,
0: yeah it helps huh. regulate you. But thankfully, a lifetime of physical fitness can help slow down this process so you can sweat long into your golden years. Well, I've been sweating
1: <laughs> it out for a long time, I know. <laughs> but it's true.
0: I know I, I, I don't... Uh, I,
1: sweat as much? Yeah. Well, I never
0: you... did hardly ever, but now... Oh, well.
1: Really rarely. Well, I never sweat. <laughs> I remember hearing people say that. I never sweat.
0: Well, that's big. Come on. You don't break a sweat. You're not trying hard enough, right?
1: (laughs) Okay, my final tidbits on the uh, greatest Super Bowl TV commercial of all time. You got a lot
0: out of that article.
1: The spot almost didn't get on the air. Why? Oh, I have no idea. The Apple Computer Board of Directors hated it. (laughs) The chairman of the board hated it.
0: Did they say why?
1: They played it, and it was total silence after they played it. Oh,
0: because it kind of looked like, a, what is it, doom and gloom oh, yeah. of a, you know, a Hitler-ish
1: kind they, of thing. They just had the Apple logo there, no picture of the product. Yeah. So he actually put his head down on the table and then raised up, and he said, we can't run this. Aww. Steve Jobs said he was afraid of it after uh-huh. seeing it. The board even says, we don't think you should run it. Try to sell the time. Even Ridley Scott, the director who made it, was thinking... Really? They're going to run this on the Super Bowl? And they don't even know what it's for?
0: What what made them change their mind?
1: Steve Wozniak. Did he love it? He loved it. He says, I'll pay for it. We'll run it. We'll pay for it. Ah. So they decide, okay, let's do it anyway. It aired once for $7 million, and then it aired for free hundreds of times later on newscasts, TV talk shows. Actually, it's the reason... The Super Bowl is considered the annual showcase where companies launch big new campaigns. Because of the
0: leverage. Right. I'm just amazed with all the naysayers in Apple. And Wozniak, I love that. He was the only one. Hey, that's
1: cool. (laughs) I'll run it. I'll pay for it. Wow. One haunting final thought on the spot. The copywriter said that while the idea of the spot was to promote a product that could change people's lives for the better, the tools, the computers and the internet, that were originally intended to help you, free you now are used as a way of enslaving you. With conspiracy theories and unproven stories, unsourced news that's not really news, we're realizing Josef Goebbels' idea, getting people so confused they have no idea what to believe other than an authority figure. In that sense, we have failed.
0: Yeah. Who said that?
1: This is the copywriter who wrote the spot.
0: No kidding. Pretty damning.
1: Okay, okay, let's go to a happy place. Okay. What town in the United States is named Happy? Where is it? Really? These are the choices. Oh, thank you. Delaware, Texas, Ohio, Nebraska, or Georgia. Where would I find the city or the town of Happy?
0: Uh, Give me the states again.
1: Delaware, Texas, Ohio, Nebraska, or Georgia.
0: Well, several of those I don't find Happy at all. So I'll just say, I don't know, Delaware?
1: No, it's Texas. Really? It's a small farm town near Amarillo in northern Texas. And when you drive into it, you're greeted by a big billboard saying, Welcome to Happy, the town without a frown.
0: That's Isn't that sweet. great? Yeah.
1: yeah. Residents worship at several happy churches. They patronize My Happy Place Restaurant. They gather in Happy City Park, and they attend Happy High School.
0: I, lo- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I go to Happy High School.
1: It's actually named after Happy Draw, a local stream that supposedly got its name from cowboys who were thrilled to discover it when they were on the arid Texas panhandle. Yeah,
0: that's kind of charming. I mean, how it can is. you be uh, sad all the time if everything is called If
1: happy. you live in happy. Happy yeah. Texas. Hello to all the folks who happy texas there's 650 happy people there (laughs) very sweet okay now that we've been to our happy place (laughs) let's take a break you're listening to the off ramp with bob and marsha smith welcome back we're here (laughs) in our happy place the off ramp we do this show each week for the cedarburg public library cedarburg wisconsin's internet radio station and then it goes on podcast platforms around the world marsha what do you got there
0: well, in 2023, PrestigeOnline.com named the 15 most expensive restaurants in the world. The winner of that dubious prize is a place called Sublimotion in Spain.
1: Sublimotion, not sublimation? Yeah. that's wow.
0: Yeah. That, okay. That's right. And so, Bob, how much... For you to take me there on dinner for my upcoming birthday. This is just dinner for two.
1: Dinner for two, so it's going to be over $1,000. <laughs> okay, let's say $1,000 for dinner for two. For two. Yeah.
0: No, Okay. it's $4,760. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, 2380 per head at Sublimotion. It is said that this establishment promises an experiential gastronomical trip Well, like it no be. other <laughs> it should be for
1: four thousand dollars.
0: It's only open during the Spanish summer, June first to September thirty, and it only welcomes twelve unique guests. So well only... how
1: many many you need when you're charging four grand ahead, <laughs> right?
0: I hadn't thought of that. So what makes this so special? <laughs> during the meal, twenty-five people will present and guide you through a 20-course menu.
1: 25 people coming up to the table. Yeah,
0: 20-course menu. So while you're dining on those 20 different items, you are immersed in a, quote, sensory wonderland. Which includes a laser light show and virtual reality elements that transport you to new dimensions. Good Lord. So it all happens while you're eating. You go through all this.
1: A laser light show, that can make you sick to your stomach sometimes.
0: Who are we to judge? If if you mention my birthday, you think we'll get a free cupcake? Uh, I don't know. It's our birthday. Bring the cupcake.
1: 25 (laughs) people, 20 courses, three hours time, plus a laser light show.
0: A laser show and a virtual reality show.
1: Are you eating virtual food? Is it real? <laughs> for $4,000, we hope so.
0: 760 Almost
1: five. $4,760. So do you tip on
0: that? Is that? To, what's the 20%? The tip's going to kill you. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, my God. All right. What do All you right, got? All right, Marsha. When the United States had a depression, how long did it take for the stock market to get back to its happy place? Oh. You know, the stock market yeah. crashed on October 28, 1929. <sighs> okay. How many years did it take to get back to where it was before then?
0: To the same level? Yeah. Geez, that took a while. Okay, okay, I'll say 14 years.
1: It took 29 years. Oh, my
0: gosh. To get back to the same level? Yeah,
1: the Dow did not return to its pre-crash heights until November 1954. Isn't that amazing? Jeez. Its stock market crashed 1929. They had the Depression, then World War II. But still, the stock market didn't get back to its optimistic happy place, until November
0: 1954. Okay, Who Am I? All right, the Who Am I segment. Can you put an echo on that next time? I'd love it. Who am I? Let's try
1: it, okay? One, two, three.
0: Time for Who Am I?
1: Are you happy with that? Is your voice big enough now?
0: (laughs) I love it. She has been called the secret president and the first woman to run the government. This legend arose for her perceived role in affairs of the state after her husband suffered a prolonged and debilitating illness.
1: Debilitating stroke.
0: Yes. Well, I think you know who it is then, don't you?
1: No. Yes. (laughs) It's Woodrow Wilson's wife. Yes. What is her name?
0: Archie Bunker's wife.
1: Edith. Yeah. (laughs) Edith
0: Wilson. Yes. So, Edith Wilson was the second wife of Woodrow and he was in office when they got married Yeah, in 1915 during his first term. So they'd been only married four years when he suffered a major stroke in 1990. Yeah, that was,
1: was a result of trying to go over the country and the world, uh, trying to promote the League of Nations, which would have been the United Nations. You uh-huh. know? And then it, he just uh, run his health all the way down. And then he had the stroke.
0: This is my story, Bob.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> so how did that happen, Marcia. <laughs>
0: After that, Edith began, quote, managing his office, and she later described her role as, quote, stewardship. But my first thought was, what happened to the vice president?
1: Mm, I think he was kept out of the room. I think everybody was kept out of the room.
0: And there was no 25th Amendment, uh, which didn't come for decades, which calls for the VP to take over for the president.
1: If the cabinet determines that the president is incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, VP Thomas Marshall refused to assume the role of presidency. He thought it would be unconstitutional.
1: Well, he's probably right. I think she was actually signing papers and everything. Yeah,
0: she did a whole bunch. So our first uh, female president, so to speak, was Edith Wilson.
1: Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Now, speaking of presidents, when was the first assassination attempt? On a U.S. president.
0: I'll say Theodore Roosevelt. And you're wrong. (laughs) What a face.
1: Three presidents had been assassinated by then. McKinley, Garfield, and Lincoln.
0: Then forget what I said.
1: Okay, before Lincoln, what was the first assassination attempt on a U.S. president?
0: Oh, well, George. Everybody's trying to shoot him.
1: Not when he was president.
0: Okay, then I will say Quincy Adams.
1: It's after that. It was Andrew Jackson. Okay. And it was in 1835 when an unemployed painter attempted to shoot Andrew Jackson. Oh, dear. This is interesting. Somebody should have done a movie about this. Just listen to this scene, and if you were there, how you would describe it. The pistol misfired. Jackson stormed his would-be assassin, swinging his cane. The painter pulled out a second pistol, which oh. also misfired. Oh, my. It's believed damp conditions that day caused the gunpowder to fail. But Andrew Jackson and his supporters credited the two misfires to divine intervention.
0: no, intervention. Oh, wow. But
1: he came swinging his cane yeah. at the guy, and the good guy tried him. to shoot him again.
0: He's got some kahunas Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That, good for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bob, why is gossip called scuttlebutt?
1: Why is gossip called scuttlebutt?
0: You ever think about that? that, What's the scuttlebutt (laughs) at the office, dear? Both of
1: those are interesting terms, aren't they? Yeah. Neither one of them sounds like elegant words. No. I don't think they come from Latin. (laughs) Scuttlebutt. Wow. There's got to be a story there. Tell me.
0: Okay. The word comes from sailors, another sailor story. Oh, no kidding. Of the British Navy. 19th century warships had large wooden casks with holes cut in the lid for drinking water. And the word scuttle was a term for that hole. Okay. They called that the scuttle. And then uh, the water cask itself was called a butt. And so just as it is done by water coolers in today's offices, Sailors would hang around and talk about the latest gossip while getting a drink in the scuttlebutt. Oh, no kidding! And eventually, it transferred. You know what's the scuttlebutt?
1: I making a I, scuttlebutt. Isn't I, that funny? I
0: love origins of I some words. I do too,
1: and that's colorful. Yeah. All right, Marcia. In fashion, the term "hot couture." Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well,
0: it means a uh, high.
1: High and high is high. hot, right?
0: Yeah, and. Couture is clothing.
1: It means sewing or dressmaking. The term literally means high sewing or high dressmaking
0: in France. Uh
1: Expertly handed custom-made garments created with rare high-quality fabrics crafted with meticulous attention to detail. And in France, the term now has a legal distinction. There are only 14 houses considered haute couture. Oh, really? 14? They include Christian Dior, Chanel, Elisab, and Versace.
0: None of which is in my closet.
1: You may be wearing something that has been at one point a high culture. The hot couture stuff eventually goes into department oh, stores. Sure. Uh,
0: I get it at Old Navy now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know about Old Navy. That's where you're getting your scuttlebutt, Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you're getting there. Okay. What, Bob, what is a
0: lanula, L-U-N-U-L-A? Lanula. Yeah.
1: That sounds like part of the throat compartment it of the does, body, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Like a uvula. Yeah. Only that's a lanula.
0: No, it's that little white area at the base of your fingertip. You know. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's lanula. The, lanula. And uh, what percentages of babies are born before breakfast? What percent? What? Yeah.
1: Percentage of babies born before breakfast? Yeah. I never thought of that. Of course you didn't. Well, my question is how many babies were conceived before breakfast? <laughs> that's, that's more interesting. <laughs> it is. Okay, the... Uh, how many babies were born before breakfast? I bet not many. I, I don't think babies, that many babies would be born that early in the morning. <laughs> what is the
0: percentage, Bob? Give me uh, an one. I number. don't know.
1: Uh, 50% of babies are born before breakfast.
0: 60. Really? Yeah. And did you know that if you divide the Great Pyramids parameter by twice its height, you get pi to the 15th digit?
1: That's a lot of pi. <laughs> I'm hungry now. Oh,
0: that, it's, just, it's just a bizarre fact that I found You always
1: have some of these, and it's like, that is a distinction without any, any significance. Is,
0: it's a stupid, isn't it? But <laughs> I, was, I wonder if they did that on purpose. Oh, that,
1: I'm sure they did.
0: I mean, everything was so precise. That's yes. why I think it was people from outer space. Yeah,
1: they were like, no you point. know, Emperor, you know, Pharaoh, if we build this this way, we'll <laughs> screw up people in the future.
0: <laughs> okay, I have a closing oh, quote. Oh, my God. By Paul Sweeney. Okay. The difference between a chef and a cook is that a chef doesn't have to clean up the kitchen.
1: That's the difference. <laughs> that is the difference. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I love I want to
0: be a chef.
1: All right. We hope you've enjoyed our show today. And join us again next time when we come back with more fascinating facts and tantalizing trivia. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. You've been listening to The, the Off-Ramp. Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin. Visit us on the web at theofframp.show.